Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Sal Katara, and as always, I'm joined with my brother, Neil. Hey, guys. So, uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today, but first of all, we have some news for our podcast. Um, our podcast is now up on iTunes. You can look it up by searching Soccer Brothers on the iTunes store. So, that's huge. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really exciting to get accepted by iTunes. You know, we maybe we can reach a larger audience. Um, and we have some other exciting news, arguably more exciting news, uh, if you'd like to tell the listeners, I hope. Yeah, and uh, just to go back on that iTunes thing, the podcast is still going to be uploaded on SoundCloud, so don't worry about that. All right. Um, we are having a special guest in either the next episode or the one after that. Um, my brother got in contact with Ian Paul Joy on Twitter. He's a former soccer player and current commentator for NYCFC on the Yes Network and on BN Sports. This is a huge coup. Is it being sports, Sal? It's being sport. Oh. Get it right. right? You know, okay. <laughs> when we're talking to Mr. Joy, you gotta get that right. <laughs> okay. Might get offended. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is huge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a coup. <laughs> I don't know what a coup means, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's very exciting. Um, you know, I, I messaged him, and I was just like, okay, you know, we might as well ask, you know, maybe to get some more listeners and you know he ended up saying yes seems like a very nice guy and we'll have him on next week so you know we haven't figured out if we're going to have our own review episode of the world cup um but you know he's 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 into everything he's played in germany he's played in mls um and he's you know he's played for the u.s youth team so uh and he commentates for everything yeah um bn currently has uh the uh copa america and they have Serie A and uh, La Liga, too. Um, but he does a lot of, you know, you're a Roma fan. He does a lot of Roma games yeah. uh, for Bian. So, you know, it's someone we, we you know, we love listening to. Um, if you haven't listened to his commentary, I, I really, I know you think this. I really think he's one of the best commentators we have in this country. Uh, American commentators. He doesn't have a Scottish accent. He was born, or he was raised in Scotland. Uh, but he's born here, has represented the U.S. national teams um, at the youth level. So, you know, it's he and, um, what's his partner's name again? Uh, uh, it depends. Sometimes it's Drake Cordero. Sometimes it's Phil Sheen. Oh, um, yeah, he does. Phil, yeah. Yeah, Phil Sheen, you know, Phil Sheen, hopefully we can get him on it sometime, too. He went to BGSU, which is right down the street yeah. from us. So, uh, and it's funny because we, we didn't, I mean, we were talking about contacting a bunch of people, but we only contacted Ian Paul yeah, Joy. Right? Yeah, we only yeah. contacted Ian Joy. Um, you know, also we'll probably have writers from Between the Touchlines, which is the, uh, which is the website I write for. It's a soccer website. Um, and, you know, they have a bunch of MLS contributors. So, you know, I guess I haven't run this by you yet, but, you know, we're recording yeah. right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe do a mid-season review for, like, the East and the West and have contributors talk about each team for, like, five or six minutes and have episodes for that. But, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of exciting news. And, you know, we can't see what the future for this podcast holds. Um but we're, you know, we're excited to keep on going with this and to expand our, our listener base. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk some women's national team. Um, yes. In the semifinals of the World Cup, we beat Germany 2-0 in the semifinals in Montreal with goals from Carly Lloyd off a penalty and Kelly O'Hara. Mm. Seemed like we were the better side in this match. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, first of all, I was wrong. You know, on the last podcast, I kind of went on a rant on Jill Ellis and her... I think that was the first one. Okay, it might have the first one. But in any case, I kind of went on a rant about Jill Ellis. And I might have said she wasn't fit to coach the national team. I don't remember if I said that or not. 
But I was completely wrong. You know, she got us to the semifinal with the 4-4-2. It was working. Uh, you know, we we didn't talk about the China match. We didn't have a podcast after that, but we dominated that match. Um, and, you know, this match, we were the better side, too. You know, we deserved to win. Uh, we, we took our chances well. Uh, we did get a little lucky with the penalty and, you know, also pretty lucky for uh, Julie Johnston not to be sent off. But we were the better team. I think it was a, it was a deserved win for the U.S., and they looked very, very good. Um, and Jill Ellis showed she had the capacity to change up the tactics. Um, you know, uh, so overall, a great performance by the national team. They beat the best player, or best, excuse me, best team in the world. Um, how much, you know, Germany, I mean, it's not really an excuse for Germany, but, you know, they did play um, extra time and had penalties against probably the second best team in the world at that time, we thought. Um, one of the top three teams in the world the match before. Uh, so that probably drained them quite a bit. But, you know, you got to show up for these matches. And um, there was actually a lot of commentary about how Germany might not be up for this match because of that. Uh, but the U.S., you know, the U.S. played very well and I deservedly won. Um, great performance by the U.S. Uh, women. And looking forward to the final this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the other side of the bracket. Uh, Japan narrowly beat England on Wednesday with a penalty goal from Niyama. And, of course, that unfortunate own goal from England defender Lauren Bessett in the 92nd minute. Um, that was cruel, man. It was terrible to watch. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't rooting for England or anything, but I just... Yeah. It's hard, it's hard. Yeah. Um, what, what are your general thoughts on that semifinal? Uh, you know, I, I think it's clear that it was a different level of soccer. I don't know if that's... You know, I, I don't know if that's fair, because England did a good job of slowing down Japan's possession-oriented um, soccer, so they weren't able to do exactly what they wanted. And England looked very, very dangerous at times. Um, you know, there was two... Terrible penalty calls. You know, we didn't, I didn't mention it, but Alex... I did mention it, actually. Alex Morgan got lucky with her penalty call. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a fun match to watch. It was an exciting match to watch. Um, the, first, the first goal was absolutely fantastic. Or the first... Uh, not, what led to the first goal was fantastic play from Japan. Um, uh, Nahomi Kawas Kawasumi, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, she had a great ball up the right wing. Um, and brought down, uh, and and her teammate was brought down by um, uh, by the, by the England de England defender. Uh, but it was a great ball to to set up that uh, it was to set up that penalty. It was clearly a foul. Um, it was outside the box, but you know, then uh, ten minutes later, England was given a phantom penalty. Um, that wasn't even a foul. No, it wasn't a foul. The captain Haunton, Houghton was brought down in the box, or brought down. She went down in the box, and she got the penalty call. Um, so yeah, overall it was an exciting match. I, I, England didn't necessarily deserve to win. I mean, no one deserves to lose that way. Um, but I, I really think, especially in the second half, they were the better team. Duggan hit the post. Um, uh, Jill Scott had a couple of good chances. Um, overall, there was, there were some chances there. And once Lucy Bronze went down, um, with an injury, you know, the English defense looked a little bit more out of sorts. She's been one of the best players in this tournament. Um, she's actually uh, in the running for the Golden Ball. I don't know if you saw the list, but Julie Johnson was there. Carly Lloyd was there as well as Rapino and Lucy Bronze. So um, that was a big loss for them, and it would have been a big loss in the final. Um, but, you know, 
England, unfortunate way to lose. Uh, but you know they have to get they have to get themselves ready and they have to prepare for the third place match against Germany. And you know this is a great great tournament for them. And their coach said it best. Um, uh, Bassett uh, epitomized the English national team. She was one of the best players in the tournament um, defensively. And you know it's just unfortunate to see that. But you know she's gotten a lot of support and a lot of outpouring of uh, sympathy. So mm-hmm. um, still no Wando. Right. <laughs> uh, you, had, you had to go here. <laughs> I mean, imagine if uh, imagine if Omar Gonzalez did that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no. Wando's already got enough heat about that. I can't imagine an Owen Gold in yeah. the semifinal. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely terrible. But you know, it's. It's an exciting rematch where uh, the U.S. is playing the defending champions in the finals, so... Yeah. So, so about this whole rematch storyline, it's obviously something that a lot of people have been saying. How are each of these teams different from what they were four years ago? Um, well, the U.S. definitely plays a different uh, different style. They don't have a holding midfielder, an out-and-out holding midfielder. Um, in the last game against Germany, we switched to a 4-5-1 uh, with a lone striker, Morgan and Morgan or Morgan Bryan was more of a of the holding midfielder, while Cheney and, and uh, Lloyd were able to go forward, which was great for them. Uh, Lloyd was always in the box. Um, the U.S., you know, it's it's hard to say. I think defensively, the U.S. is much much better. Christine Mampone was fantastic last time, um, but and but and Rachel Beeler was there, but she's not. I mean, she's not on the same level as Johnston and Sauerbrunn. And the fullbacks uh, last time were Krieger, who, who played left back, actually, and Amy LaPelbit, who played right back. Um, but Krieger and Klingenberg are, are, are much better. Or, well, Krieger's better herself, and Klingenberg has been fantastic. So the defense has been absolutely fantastic. They've only let up one goal, and we, and we scored nine. But by the same token, Japan has also scored nine goals in this tournament, and have only let up three goals. Uh, so and one of them was an absolute howler, which we talked about against the Netherlands. Um, the way Japan has played, I, Japan just is not as good as they used to be. You know, they used to have uh, Sawa, who's on the roster, uh, but she's thirty six now. She hasn't really played in this tournament. I don't even know if she's played at all, actually. Um, but she was able to. She was by far the most creative player, um, and she was able to you know connect uh, between the defense and the forwards, and she was able to. Dribble around players and um, and just and she you know she just was by far the best player on their team. Uh, they still play the same type of soccer, possession oriented. Um, you know they look for they look they pass around and they look for an opening. Um, so the U.S. defense has to be tight and they have to be always alert. You know they can't be lulled to sleep um, and have Japan attack quickly. Um, and I think you know. Uh, ono, who's who's on the Japan team again, who's on the Japanese team again, um, was a striker last time who who did very well, um, and she you know she's coming off the bench this time. She's not as prevalent as she used to be in the roster, um, and, but I think actually no, she did start against England. My bad, um, but you know it's they're just not the same team. Um, they're they're not as good. Is the best way to put it. I would say Japan have, have had a great tournament. They've definitely had the easier road to the final. Um, so I really I really do expect the, the U.S. to win, and I think they should win handily. 
Um, because, like I said, Japan is just not the same team they were. Uh, yeah. So after that Germany semifinal, a lot of women's national team fans should be confident. But what specifically does the U.S. have to do to win this game? Well, they need to control the midfield. Um, I think, you know, they can concede possession, but they have to make sure Japan, instead of finding that ball forward, is always passing backwards, you know, and then pressing if they continue with the 4-5-1, have Morgan um, and Lloyd and whoever, are, whoever the midfielders are, the outside midfielders are, continue to press. So if they win that battle and they can get Morgan um, in some open space and give her some chances and get Lloyd up there, um, then they should have a good time. They also, like I said, need to be alert defensively. They cannot fall asleep and let Japan get a chance um, in goal or on goal. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's essentially it. They they really they don't need. Like I said, they don't need to control possession, but they do need to be the better and the more physical team in the midfield. That's what I meant by control the midfield, not control possession. And then finally, scoreline predictions for this game. Um, I think the USA is going to win three zero. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I think we'll the, the 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 first thirty minutes will be a lot of Japan holding on to the ball. I think we'll get a chance, and then once Japan starts chasing the game, um, I think the U.S. will will put it away. But you know, I, I, that's not to say Japan can't win. I, I think it's it's important to note that Japan has been one of the best teams in the tournament. They are the defending champion, but right now the U.S. is rolling, and Japan. Uh, had a difficult time versus England. They had a had a, a tough match, um, so uh, Japan can win. But go so ahead. now I know I know that you were talking about um, even in the group stages of this tournament that the mindset of the net, women's national team players won in the right place. And I'm sure we've had a lot more to get cocky about now that we've beaten the number one ranked team in the world. So could that play a part? Could we take Japan too lightly in the final? Uh, usually, I would say yes. But we lost to them in the last World Cup final, yeah, which true. I think the U.S. Is, is ready for this. I think, you know, what bothered me, we were watching ESPN FC today. Yeah, they showed that clip of Kelly O'Hara and Abby Wambach said, we made it here, so we might as well win. Well, I don't really, you know, it's not that easy. So, <laughs> in a way, they might, I, I really don't think they're taking them too lightly. I, I'm, I don't really know what they meant by that, but... The U.S. has got to be thinking, oh, we're the better team. We should win. Um, but at the same time, they're going to be ready. They're going to think about four years ago when they lost. a lot. Of, there's a lot of the same players, especially in the starting lineup. Or, um, yeah, like Lloyd, Holiday, they were all there. Wambach was there. Morgan was there. Solo, of course, was there. Um, Sauerbrunn was on the team. Krieger was there. So, you know, they some of these young players might be taking them lightly, but... The older players should and will be there to tell them, you know, we got one more game to go. Let's give it our all and let's let's win. Let's bring it home for the first time in uh, 16 years. U.S. Women's National Team take on Japan on July 5th in the World Cup final. At 7 p.m. on Fox. Regular regular Fox. Yeah, which is different from some of the other games, right? Yeah, some of them are on Fox Sports One. Yeah. Uh, so switching over to Copa America, mm -hmm. um, in semifinal action, Eduardo Vargas's brace led Chile past Peru in a two-one victory. Hey, man, did you see those goals? No. Uh, you, I showed you the second goal, the one from uh, like thirty yards out. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was that was that was fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, all right, go ahead. Sorry, that interrupts you. <laughs> and Argentina just destroyed Paraguay 6-1. Yeah. And Messi actually didn't score a goal, which I thought was surprising. Di Maria had a brace. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there was no player who scored more than once. The final is set in Santiago as Chile takes on Argentina. Um, so let's first talk about the semifinal matches more in depth. Mm. So in the Chile game, what did you think about it? Uh, Ch- Chile, one of the better team. Um, you know, uh, Peru did go down to 10 men very early on. Um, so, you know, Peru might have been able to pull that out if it didn't happen, pull the match out. Uh, Chile weren't on their best. Weren't their best. Um, they weren't as good as they have been at all tournament. But they still were the better team. Um, Eduardo Vargas was incredible. Uh, he has now four goals in the tournament. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he moves to a bigger club um, this uh, this summer. Um, but yeah, they were, they were the better team. They deserve to win. And like I said before, I think they're going to go on to win it all. And the Paraguay match? Uh, well, the Argentina match. I mean, yeah. yeah, the Argentina-Paraguay match. Uh, I mean... There's not really much to say. Di Maria was was phenomenal in this game. Um, if he plays like he did, if he, you know, it, it looked like Di Maria from last year, as in Real Madrid, like it, Champions League, yeah, it's like Champions League final. So, you know, it just makes you think: what if, what if Argentina had Di Maria for that fi- World Cup final against Germany? You know, it's it's so unfortunate that they didn't have him for that match. Um, but you know, Messi. Uh, Messi has been playing well. He only has one goal in the tournament, but he doesn't really need to score uh, every goal like he did last year if, if the rest of his team's playing like this. Um, Aguero's healthy. Uh, it's very rare for all of them to be healthy, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're firing on all cylinders right now, I still expect Chile to win, um, but it's going to be a very, very difficult task for them. Why do you say that Chile's going to win? I think, the, uh, I think the home support is a big, big thing. I think they're going to be up for it. They don't have many titles in South America. Uh, before recently, they were not even they weren't considered one of the top teams in South America. This has been in the last couple of years, so there's a lot riding on it for the Chileans. Um, of course, Messi hasn't won a, a, a major international trophy yet, so he you know he'll be going for that too. But I really think the Vidal in midfield um, can and uh, Gary Medel from Inter Milan they can really control the midfield and. Um, outplay, um, outplay Argentina's midfield. Um, you know, uh, Di Maria is playing on the wing for them. Um, so I think I think the, that the combination of all of that will allow Chile to win. Um, they're also a bit more of a physical team than Argentina, which um, you know South America is a as a physical, or the Copa America is a physical competition. Um, but <clears throat> that's still my, that's still my, I still think it'll have an impact on the match and hurt Argentina. So, um, you know, maybe Argentina's coming off a high of a 6-1, 6-1 win and will be a little bit too confident, which you've seen in the past. So, uh, I think just, just Chile with, with the support, with everything that's going on, going on off the field, um, I think they can win that, win this match on Saturday. Score predictions? 2-1, to one, Chile. All right, so now let's move into the U.S. Open Cup. On June 30th and July 1st, we saw the round of 16 matchups, and the results are the following. Philadelphia Union beat D.C. United 2-1. Orlando City beat Columbus Crew 2-0. Uh, Chicago beat Charlotte's... Um, yeah, it's Charlotte. Charlotte, okay. What is the uh, meaning of that name? Oh, man. Charlotte United? No. 
Uh, well, I think it. Indep- yeah, Charlotte Independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3 1. God, that's terrible. <laughs> okay. The USL team. Sorry, guys. Houston beat Colorado 1 0. New York Red Bulls beat Cosmos 4 1. And the Sporting Kansas City beat Dallas 6 2. And RSL beat Portland 2 0. And San Jose beat LA 1. Or San Jose <laughs> lost to LA 1. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have good peripheral vision, apparently. Okay. Um, so, in general, what did you think about these matches? <laughs> what? There were eight matches. <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny. In, in general, what did I think about I don't... This is okay. Fine, do you want to hit each one? Uh, but, I mean, okay, so... <laughs> I mean, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of interesting storylines. The main one being the Red Bulls playing Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cosmos were coming off a win against NYCFC, um, and you know uh, the Cosmos beat Red, Red Bulls last year in the U.S. Open Cup. So um, you know New York. Uh, Wait, and didn't recently the Red Bulls play NYCFC in MLS? Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of New York. Yeah, it's been a lot. Of, yeah, there's been a lot of New York stuff going on. It's uh, the the soccer wars, as they call them. Um, so you know the Red Bulls cemented their place as the best team in New York right now. Um, uh, with a with a with a really good quality win against um, quality quality win against the Cosmos and then S- Sporting Kansas City beating Dallas six to two, Dom Dwyer with four goals in this one. I mean that's just fantastic. Kellen Acosta, the U twenty uh, the U twenty uh, player um, with a goal as well, which is uh, something of note. Um, so I mean I don't know. That's just that's just you know an absolute blowout. Uh, Christian Nemeth with a brace in this one. He's been a fantastic signing, the Hungarian winger slash striker. Um, so he continues to produce. And if Dom, hopefully this is uh, uh, this is a jump start for Dom Dwyer, and he can uh, translate it more to MLS. Um, and then you know, there's not too much else to talk about. There's only MLS teams left. Um, Jose Villarreal scored a fantastic goal for the Galaxy. He continues to be on fire. And, you know, I just really wish he didn't go on loan to Cruz Azul last year. It's just a waste of a year in his development because he didn't play at all. Um, but he looks like he's back to where we thought he would be. And he looks to be an important part of the U.S. national team picture going forward um, if, he can, if he can get in there. But, you know, it's, it's, the quarterfinals are set. Um, you want to list off the quarterfinals? Yeah. RSL at home is playing L.A., Sporting KC against Houston, Chicago against Orlando City FC, and New York Red Bulls against the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Red Bulls Union's obviously a rivalry. Sporting KC, Houston should be interesting. Uh, Chicago, Orlando, uh, I mean, I expect Orlando to run away with that. And RSL LA, you know, RSL has not had a good season. Um, LA, uh, LA have been, you know, they've been good. They haven't been great. Um, so that's probably the most interesting lineup or, or interesting matchup. Um, you know, Luke Mulholland, the RSL midfielder, said, you know, it's nice for them to have matches like this or CONCACAF Champions League to start fresh and to not be feel like they're in that rut of the MLS Nash, or of the MLS season. Um, so I think for RSL, they're really, really taking this tournament seriously. Um, and I feel like they're going to go on to win. And Sporting KC always takes this tournament very seriously. Uh, but this is these are the times where you'll see full lineups starting the quarterfinals, um, full uh, of their best starting eleven. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. 
Um, and we'll see who wins. Right now, I think, um, I really think, well, Sporting KC is probably my favorite right now. And I think Orlando. I think Orlando has a shot to win it all, too. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see this tournament do so well. Really quickly, let's go over the MLS results from the weekend. Dallas beat Houston 2-0. Toronto tied DC 0-0. New England lost to Vancouver 1-2. Sporting Kansas City beat Columbus or Colorado. Colorado. 2-0. RSL tied Columbus 2-2. San Jose beat LA 3-1. NYCFC lost to New York Red Bulls 1-3. And Portland beat Seattle 4-1. Yeah, exciting weekend. A lot of rivalry matches. Portland beat Seattle 4-1. Red Bulls beat NYCFC 3-1. So, yeah, a lot of good matchups this weekend. The U.S. Gold Cup squad is playing Guatemala on July 3rd. What are your expectations for this game? Well, I mean, I expect them to win. Uh, we saw them beat Guatemala 6-0 before the last Gold Cup, so we should win pretty easily. But I expect to see, like, the starting lineup and to see how we play, um, to see uh, what Jurgen's plans are for this, uh, for this Gold Cup. You can see a preview of that. So a little bit more on the Gold Cup. Brad Davis was injured from the squad, so he had to be replaced by Greg Garza. What do you think about Greg Garza? Oh, I'm really glad he's there. I mean, he's a left-footed player. He can play left-back, left-mid. Um, maybe if Klinsman decides he wants to play Fabian Johnson in the midfield, he can move, them, move him there, play Chandler right-back, and play Garza at left-back. But um, I, I don't think... I mean, I don't think Garza's going to play much in the Gold Cup, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, he was left off the initial roster, so why would he... Jurgen Klinsmann recently announced that Jordan Morris wasn't on the Gold Cup roster because he had an injury. Do you think he would have made a big impact, and do you think this would this stunted his development a little bit? Uh, you know, it would have been nice for him to bend there with the national team, um, but he will have an opportunity to be there for a qu Olympic qualifying. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, maybe Wanda wouldn't have been there if he was there. Uh, but definitely unfortunate. It's not a huge thing in his development because I. Well, maybe he would have played. I actually really don't know at this point because he was fantastic in his last couple of matches. So, you know what? Yeah, I'm changing my answer. Yeah, it does. It probably affects his development at least a little bit. Uh, we talked a lot about Dempsey and his situation with the armband. He was stripped of it, and Bradley is the captain for the Gold Cup. You know, I, I generally agree with this uh, move. Um, I just wish Klinsman had said Bradley is the captain from now on instead of saying he's the captain for now. Because he did say that, um, and it's, it's slightly bothersome that Klinsman, I don't know, like, he's just changing it for this tournament. For me, the armband should mean something, should mean a lot. Um, uh, you shouldn't just be able to, it shouldn't just be thrown around everywhere. I think Bradley should be the captain, and he should be the captain going forward for the next uh, two cycles, really. Um, so, you know, I'm glad Bradley's the captain now, maybe... Maybe it will lead to him becoming the captain. Klinsman said he wanted Dempsey to focus on scoring rather than being a captain in this tournament, and then maybe he could get it back. Um, but I, th I hope Bradley just becomes the captain for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, Mexico had some key injuries for the Gold Cup. Hector Moreno and Chicharito were hurt. Yeah, you know, two big losses. Uh, Moreno, the defender, and Chicharito, of course... One of the strikers up top. And uh, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I think uh, Moreno is a bigger injury because they do have some more options up top uh, with, um, with um, Giovanni Dos Santos, Carlos Vela, and um, Oribe, Estepillo, Peralta. Um, but, you know, either they're both huge losses. I, I, I think 
I hope this this broken collarbone by Pichuito also doesn't affect his move to MLS um, it, it, because that would be big too. Um, but Chicharito was replaced by Chulatita Orozco. Orozco. What's his club? I have no idea, so Why would you ask me that question? Nah, I don't know. I, I just have the information nah, in front of me. Nah. I, I should have done more research, okay? You're the host. Nah, I do. No, you do the research. Yeah, true, true. I do half the research, and then you complete, like... Okay, okay, fine. It was my fault. Um, so Pirlo's move to NYCFC was confirmed... This is a big deal for MLS. Yeah, I think it'll it'll have uh, we'll we'll gain some we'll gain a fan base from Italy hopefully at least a little bit. Um, Pirlo, of course, is one of the stars of the game, one of the most recognizable faces. Um, but you know, I'm interested to see how he fits into that team, especially with Lampard, who's not going to run much, and with Discrude, um, a lot of central midfielders there. I'm also excited to see what Ian Joy thinks about uh, the, the midfield there. Um, but yeah, big move, big move for MLS. Do you think that it was a poor decision financially for NYCFC? Um, no. I mean, there were rumors that there were rumors that uh, NYCFC wanted a younger DP, but um, City Football Group overruled them, uh, which sort of adds to the sort of adds fuel to the fire um, or fuel to the detractors, I should say, who say the NYCFC is just like, it's, it's not, it's not its own club, you know, the, the, there is a mothership, as Alexi Lawless says, um, but, you know, financially, maybe, you know, I, I wish they did go for a younger DP, but he will put fans in the seats, and he, um, he will, and hopefully it'll expand our fan base um, across, across the world. We were talking about Chicharito before, now he's linked to Orlando City and MLS, what do you think about this rumor? Oh, if this happens, huge for uh, huge for Orlando. They need another striking option besides Kyle Laren, who's been great. But they, I mean, he's not at the quality of Chicharito yet. Huge for MLS. Not only that they get a great player, they get a good character. They get a player in his prime, a Mexican player in his prime. Um, you know who will who will bring a lot of fans from Mexico. Right now, Liga Amekis is the big, most watched league in the U.S. So hopefully we can get some of those people who watch Liga Amekis who are invested in the Mexican national team start, to start watching MLS and to start watching Chicharito, especially if Giovanni Dos Santos um, comes to MLS as well, another player, Mexican player in his prime. So if we had two Mexican players uh, like that, it would be huge for the league. Um, two more fantastic players in, his, in their primes. Uh, playing at big clubs in Valencia and Manchester and Manchester United slash Real Madrid, where she's trying to play last year, uh, it'd be huge, absolutely huge for MLS. And Dos Santos is being linked to the Galaxy, I believe. Mm -hmm. Another one is Abu Dhabi being linked to linked to the uh, linked to FC Dallas. Um, yeah, you know he's a good player. He's always injured though, um, but he's a good player, and he would really help the FC Dallas midfield, which they need some midfield help right now. Now to the European scene. Um, let's talk about AC Milan. They've recently signed Baca, Carlos Baca from Sevilla, and Luis Adriano from Shakhtar. Yeah, you know, two strikers, two good moves for them. They lost out on Jackson Martinez. So, you know, it's good for them to get uh, some striking options. They had Destro on loan last year and not a whole lot else. Um, Menes did decently. Yeah, Menes. But Menes plays on the wing too, right? I mean, he, play, but, he can play. Well, yeah, he, 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 he played center forward. 
forward. Um, but, you know, I think two good moves for them, two quality strikers, but they are both up there in age. They're not young players. Um, but two quality strikers. Adriano proved that he was, like, a great striker in the Champions League, but do you think that Champions League can translate to Serie A? Because right now he's playing in Ukraine, so... Can we really be certain that... Well, we can't, we can't be certain, because Dubia sucked. Mm, so, okay. I mean, we can't be certain of anything, really. Yeah. So, staying in Italy, Juventus rejected an $100 million bid for Pogba from, from Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, this... I, you know, I really think, if not this summer, he's going to go to Barcelona eventually. He's stated that he wants to play with Messi. $100 million or more is way too much to pass up on. Um, so he, I think he'll be moving. Not this window, though. Not this window. So moving over to England, Liverpool signed fullback Nathaniel Klein from Southampton. What do you think about Klein? Uh, he's a great player. Um, you know, Glenn Johnson was terrible this season. Um, so naturally, we won't want him. Um, mm. That was just a rumor. I don't think that's actually Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. Um, but uh, Klein will really, really help their team. You know, they continue, Liverpool continues their track record of buying Southampton players. Um, I still don't see Liverpool doing that well this year. I think hopefully they finish below Everton. Um, but Klein's a great buy. He's a great right back, quality right back for England and um, in the Premier League. So good buy for them. Staying in England, Petr Cech moved from Chelsea to Arsenal. Yeah, it's a good move for Arsenal. John Terry said he's worth 12 points, so that's true. They should be winning the league. I have Arsenal winning the league anyway this year, actually. Um, really? but, yeah, uh, but we'll get into that later, later in the year. Um, Espina yeah. um, is, is currently their goalkeeper, or was their goalkeeper before Cech um, went there, and he had a fantastic, fantastic Copa America, but really wasn't that great for Arsenal last year. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if Ospina will stay. We'll see what happens with, with Chesney. But Czech, great, great, great signing for them. And he got to stay in London like he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so we played a game in the previous episode. And oh, yeah. you have plans that again. All right. Should we explain the game again? I think we should, just in case we have any new listeners. All right. Go ahead. All right. So basically, um, one of us picks a player to ask the other player, uh, ask the other player about um, they can be any nationality. They can be playing anywhere. Um, so uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a youth player. And the other player, the person who's answering the question about the player doesn't know who that player is. Mm. Um, so we alternate every episode. Last time I did it, you asked about Tommy Thompson. Thompson. So this time I'll ask it, and, and you'll have to answer three questions about them. Um, what do you think about his game? Where, where, do you see, where do you rate him in the pool now? And do you see him on the 2018 World Cup squad? Yeah. All right. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. I went for an older player, which you did predict. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with Alejandro Bedoya. Okay. What do I think of Bedoya's game? Well, Bedoya has the versatility to play at attacking mid. He can also play as a wide midfielder. Um, I feel like no matter what system we're playing, Bedoya is going to be on our starting squad right now. So I really like the way he plays and how versatile he can be in. It's nice to have players playing in Europe still. Yeah. All right, so uh, what? where do you rate him in the pool? Well, I said before that I think he would start in any midfield we have. So right at the top, yeah, I think he's our best midfielder. Or really? after, after Bradley, after Bradley. What about Fabian Johnson? 
Um, okay. I don't, I don't, I think we need to see what Klinsman's playing in the Gold Cup. I, I don't know if we can say for certain that he's going to be playing as a wide midfielder in the World yeah. Cup. We have seen Kadoya play a right, right back before. That was interesting. Which, which one was that? I, he just moved back there. Is it a friendly? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. Um, all right, so do you see him on the 2018 World Cup squad? He'll be 31. That's not, uh, that's not that old, but. Oh, uh, that, that's tough. I mean, we, we have... See, I, I've said that I think ZLLM is going to be in the 2018 World Cup, which is pretty bold. And obviously, there's a, there a lot of people to consider. I mean, 31's not... If you think about it, Beckerman, Wondolowski, Davis, and Jermaine Jones made the World Cup debut in 2014. Debut. And they were, what, 32? Yeah. I mean, he, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to increase in quality. He'd probably be an MLS back then, so probably comfortable there. Yeah, I mean, he said he doesn't want to come back to MLS. Because, really? Yeah, because of the free agency structure and the money and how it works. Oh, yeah, I've seen him tweet about that stuff. Yeah. Um, Padoy is going to be in the World Cup and he's going to be starting in 2018. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know I'm not necessarily supposed to say anything, but I think, I think Yedlin might overtake him on that right side of the midfield by then. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, what do you think, I mean... If we're playing a diamond, who do you think would be at the top of the diamond? Bradley. Bradley, okay. Yeah. And either Beckerman, if he's still alive, or Trap, or someone like that. Or maybe Perry Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. At the bottom. All right. So, good game. Good game. Yeah. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes if you like this. Um, you can leave comments on SoundCloud. You can give us a review on iTunes. Stay tuned for, for the next or the episode after that, because that's really exciting. Yeah, we'll have you enjoy... Um, like we said earlier, um, yeah, so, you know, try to, you know, maybe tell your friends, um, yeah, you know, yeah. we're excited, we're excited to continue the show, we'll probably have more episodes per week, I know we've been a little bit inconsistent, and, you know, <laughs> like, we missed a couple of US games, uh, but, you know, we should have more and more episodes per week, you know, we're just getting our situation sorted out a little bit. Yeah. But thanks for listening. Thanks.